0: This is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board. I am writing solo tonight because I am on vacation, and it was just much easier to write solo than to coordinate with my newfound partner, Eddie Aparicio, and Big John is working on a couple of projects, specifically a libertarian project for this Friday that many of you will like. That said, I am the conservative of the group. (laughs) We are going to talk some NFL football. I have been getting back into the group. For those who may not know... uh, First of all, you're listening through Grumblings Media. Right now, you can find this podcast at sportsgrumblings.com. We are shifting to grumblingsmedia.com soon, but for now, it is sportsgrumblings.com. You can find our Points on the Board podcast there, as well as our Fired Up, our Conservative Talk, our Free For All, which is our Libertarian Talk, and our great series of Big Questions with Big John. So... Head on over there and not only uh, listen in, but also share the podcast. But anyway, getting back to this podcast, again, we're going to talk uh, my NFL power rankings along with some NFL news. And regarding the news, let's get right into it. First of all, I want to talk about this Chandler Jones issue. You know, he, he, he's a defensive lineman and edge rusher for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, he came out and said he was forcibly hospitalized against his will for mental illness uh he hasn't played this year and uh that's a scary thing for somebody to come out and say and it's not unheard of with our history and at times you have to do that with certain individuals but that said it's just something that kind of freaks me out when i hear it because this is supposed to be america we're supposed to be able to live our lives as we please and according to him the police told the fire department to detain him and uh He was pretty much incarcerated mentally uh, 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 in a mental facility, uh, given tests, shots, and we don't know what the story says, but he was transferred to Seven Hills Behavioral Health Hospital where staff allegedly tried to force him to take further meds and injections. Forcibly taken, that's a big man. That is a big man. And he says here, Allegedly that the Las Vegas Police Department told fire officials to detain him after they put in a court hold on him. He says he hasn't done anything wrong. So we're going to have to wait and see on this. Because let's be honest, these big men, these big football players, these big athletes, you know, when they go into a rage, it's something that can be scary. But that said, you just don't go throwing people into uh, incarceration through a mental process uh, uh, via hospital or not. Uh, much less prison, but here we're talking talking being put in a mental institution or a hospital of sorts uh, without proper cause because you're talking about destroying somebody's life. And and that is that is a game I do not like, nor do, would I wish on anybody else outside my worst enemies. <laughs> All right, moving on. Look, uh, we have a Thursday night game coming up. Running back David Montgomery of the Lions has a thigh injury. Has a chance to play against the Packers. According to head coach Dan Campbell, he's starting to feel pretty good. We'll wait and see on that. David Carr with an AC injury. That's his shoulder uh, he supposedly day-to-day, but people, let me tell you, I, as, as a former athlete, as somebody who has lifted in terms of weights, whose health has been a big part of my life since since high school, I've had an AC joint sprain, and it is an excruciating injury. Uh, and what makes it worse is there's really nothing to make it heal. You just pretty much got to keep your shoulder immobilized. I assume if there, it's possible they will have him in, in some kind of shoulder brace, and it just takes time. Now, there's things you can do with a hot, cold treatment. Uh, today's medical technology uh, has ways to speed up the healing process, but at the end of the day, there's no magic pill. It's time. I don't. I would be shocked if we saw David Carr play this weekend, and, and, and fully expect to see Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston would be facing. His own team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, that gives him an edge. Uh, and he needs to be taking the practice reps. He's a very streaky player. He can become an effective game manager. We saw that a couple years ago in five or six games before he uh, was lost in the season to, due to injury. But he has matured. But these practice reps will help him. And I think having a chip on his shoulder playing Tampa Bay, it's the perfect game if Carr is to miss any games. But I believe they need to uh, let him sit, let him heal. And 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 let Jameis Winston carry the ball. Wide receiver Mike Williams, look, the Chargers may have squeaked out a victory and saved Brandon Staley's job as a head coach, but losing Mike Williams, who was placed on injured reserve, uh, is devastating. It's a torn ACL, and look, to have one of your cogs gone for the rest of the season on that team will hurt. But they've got other weapons, and and, and they've got uh, 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 their quarterback Justin Herbert. You know, and they got Keenan Williams. So they're going to miss some out of Mike Williams, a lot, uh, possibly. But they're not going to really miss a beat in that sense. They're just going to shift their plays to somebody else, you know. And then moving on to the silliness with Matt Jones and the New England Patriots in terms of him – hitting cornerback, just cornerback, cornerback Sauce Gardner in the groin. I saw the film, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't see anything. So that's much ado about nothing. But they say he could be fine. If I'm him, I would even fight the fine. Now, maybe there's a film shot where it shows it, but the angles I saw, uh, I think to put it in a neutral tone, I would say inconclusive. <laughs> Running back at Saquon Barkley remains day-to-day. You know, uh, and luckily it's a Monday night game. Look, the Giants, I just got off the phone with uh, my partner, Big John, before doing the podcast, and, uh, you know, he's like, they're miserable. Let him play for Caleb. And at this point, who can argue that? Look, I thought Daniel Jones's contract was, was way too much for a quarterback that has yet to prove himself, and... It doesn't help him when 49ers players are mocking him and saying, look, the guy was afraid to go deep. The guy was afraid to do this and do that. Look at that big contract. You know, when somebody else said, well, who else did they have? And that's a good point. But at the end of the day, look, they've got to let that kid cut loose. They've got to play to his strength. He's a big bruiser. He he has a size and build of uh, 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 of an Andrew Luck type, a uh, Dante Culpepper, uh uh, uh uh, Cam Newton, meaning he's a big guy who can run with the ball at times. They, they need to start letting him do his thing. They, 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 granted, they played the Cowboys and the Niners, but that Arizona game was horrific by a, by going down by 20 before coming back. And the fact they came back is what gives me hope still. But they've got to get Saquon Barkley back. Look, he's an injury-prone player, and his injury resurfaced this year already. Uh, but hopefully he can come back and make a difference. And moving on to the Jets, look, Big John, my partner, and I asked him to be on the podcast, but the guy looked like a hobo who had just gotten off the train and hit the junkyard, so he chose not to participate. But he brought up a good point with the Jets. Look, look towards Nathaniel Hackett as part of the problem here. Why aren't they running the ball? They've got two outstanding running backs. You need to pound the ball. Well, William, they offensive linemen and all that. It doesn't matter. You pound the ball, then you play to Zach Wilson's strengths. And it seems like... Nathaniel Hackett just wants to keep running Aaron Rodgers' West Coast offense. I think what we're seeing is the reality that Nathaniel Hackett may not even be a quality offensive coordinator and in essence Aaron Rodgers is the reason he's got a gig in the NFL, along with his father, uh, uh, the more famous Hackett, who I want to say is a Super Bowl-winning offensive coordinator, but I'm not sure. But he's a he's part of the involvement uh, and 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 user of the West Coast offense that, that helped proliferate it. So his, I want to say Paul Hackett was a big name, but Nathaniel Hackett may be part of the problem here that we're seeing. And and I don't like to say things like that. Uh, but I do think Zach Wilson, look, I think his game is mentally shot. Look, the Jets have never really uh, uh, developed the QB. I mean, Namath was their last greatest quarterback. Ken O'Brien didn't live up to expectations. Richard Todd, uh, those are the only two that I can think of that, were serviceable and was they were able to play well enough to make them playoff contenders. But even then, they did not develop as well as the team hoped, and they've never developed. it. I think part of it's a media, it's a rough media. Part of it's a fans, it's a rough media, uh, a rough fan base, and I think you have ownership that 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 goes with the wind in terms of what players in the media or what fans in the media are dictating. It's sad to say, but it's true. Some teams are influenced that way. But at the end of the day, I think Zach Wilson may be a lost cause and they signed quarterback Trevor Simeon uh, to the practice squad. I think it's just a matter of time before they raise him up and before he gets put in, unless we can see a big improvement, around Zach Wilson, and and I'm not sure we're going to get that, you know, And, and it seems like the players are getting frustrated, and Big John was telling me watching Zach on camera on film that he did not seem to really care too much about his current dilemma. Well, if that's the case, then that team is really doomed. Doesn't matter how good your defense is, if you have no offense, you're just not going to get anywhere. You may sit there and maybe be playing for a wild card at nine and seven, uh, but that's about it. So this team has a lot of questions and no answers right now that we can see. All right, my friends, let's get on to Dembele's diatribe and my NFL power rankings. And as I was going to say. For those of you who may not know it, I was at one time before I sold the business and left the industry in 2010, uh, and then I came back for with, with Pro Football Weekly, which was my dream job because I grew up loving that magazine, or, or rather that Weekly, Uh And uh, wrote for them. But I was uh, uh, known as a big NFL guy in terms of my analysis. In fact, I was one of the few that predicted the big upset with the Patriots against the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I know my football. And it's been fun getting back into it. I'm a little rusty. I'm not too rusty. uh, But it's fun relearning names, seeing who the studs are, who the duds are, the new coaches, the new whiz kids. I've been having a blast. You know, so after three weeks... We're finally starting to see some separations. We're learning the Miami Dolphins are indeed elite. The Indianapolis and Colts and the Arizona Cardinals are nowhere near for competing for Super Bowl, but they're playing lights out for their new head coaches or new rookie head coaches. Look, the Cleveland Browns defense has been elite on paper for the last few years. After three weeks and three consistent weeks of elite defense, It seems they're finally getting it together, and they're carrying this team, which is what uh, that team needs for their quarterback, Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns defense is elite. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Dallas Cowboys, and Baltimore Ravens aren't. Regardless of what fans or NFL analysts say and the Atlanta Falcons and Washington Redskins were as I said, I didn't say they were pretenders, but I said we needed to see more. I was chastised for ranking them lower than what some thought I should have. And finally, one coach escaped the firing and Brandon Staley for the Chargers and one is likely on the hot seat in his opponent this past week Kevin O'Connell from the Vikings. My take on this, neither quarter neither head coach should have been hired. To me they weren't ready and you see that. The teams their teams play with no discipline. No, and discipline to me is a very important aspect of my life. It's what's taken a 5-foot-7 Latino who helped lead and help pioneer and commercialize an industry who helped take a nonprofit from a five-man show into a 20-man uh, uh uh employee uh uh company. Uh so you know it's it's I understand the importance of discipline, what I call low-hanging fruit, meaning if it can be easily fixed, easily done, you do it no matter how time consuming it is. And I don't see any of that. I don't see any discipline, any we gotta win, any any This is on us, coming from the Chargers players, nor the Vikings players. Poor tackling, poor fundamentals, uh, the coaching staff, poor management, poor play calling, no adjustments. Brian Flores made no adjustments that game. His pass rushes, blitz packages were not getting to Justin Herbert, and it cost him he made no adjustments. So both coaches are rightfully on the hot seat because their ineptness is being seen through their players and through gameplay. And that's the overall scheme of uh, some of the takes I have for this week. So let's get on in it. Look, the elite teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and joining them in their small circle are the Miami Dolphins. I had those teams ranked 1, 2, 3, and 4. Last week, the Chiefs were 1, the Niners 2, the Eagles 3. They remain the same. The Dolphins jump up from number 6 to number 4 at 3-0. and Look. The Chiefs took care of business against a flailing Chicago Bears, you know, and, and I'll get you with the Bears, but they're running out of uh, the the the, 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 cool, the Justin Fields cool where they're running out of excuses <laughs> about him. The Chiefs defense came and they did what they needed to do, and what they're supposed to do is shut down an inferior team, and they deserve to maintain their top dog status. The 49ers, look, three, stay, straight, three straight weeks of 30 points, And they did not play that well uh, uh, this week. Their red zone offense was not in sync. But look, they're arguably the best all-around team. You know? Now, the Eagles remain at number three, but that rushing attack... Boy, they get that going, and they will vault over the 49ers as the best all-around team. What can you say about them? <laughs> They're rounding into Super Bowl form with their rushing attack, and, and there's a lot of film on Jalen Hurst, so life is going to be harsher on him this season, but having DeAndre Swift and a rushing attack that can take the pressure off him, that's what you want out of, a, out of a running attack, and the defense continues to play at a high level. And while their opponent were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buccaneers have Hung around, showed some moxie, but they were never truly in it. The Eagles played as an elite team could. They were playing a team that is and 2-0, that has shown moxie, but they were never really in the game, even though they hung around. So the Eagles uh, remain with their elite status. Now, the Miami Dolphins, look, 70 to nothing. I don't care what you say. Sure, it's an outlier game. And sure, a lot of those points came about because the Broncos quit. You can't say anything but that the Broncos quit. There's no reason. There's no way an NFL team should be scoring 70 points against another NFL team in this day and age. That's a team that quit. Everything went right for the Dolphins. But look, this Dolphins is one of the best coached teams in the NFL once Mike McDaniels took over. And I am not. A Brian Flores fan. I think Brian Flores went to the race card at a convenience because he did not like how he was let go. He did not like what happened, what went down. But at the end of the day, you want know, to know the difference of the Miami Dolphins from, a, from just two years ago to last year and this year? And it's head coaching. It's Brian Flores not being there and Mike McDaniels running, uh, uh, or Mike Daniels running the offense that needs to be run. That maximizes the team's strength. And that playbook is a freaking encyclopedia. It's like a world atlas. So it's not like he's he's dumbed down uh, the offense. And one of the issues was they thought Tua, uh, Brian Flores didn't think Tua could handle the NFL offense, couldn't get a grasp of it. Uh, we see who's been proven right. So my next group of teams is really a very small group. It's elitism is on their radar. And the Buffalo Bills, look, people say they're elite. I'm like, they play at an elite level at times, and then Josh Allen will have that poor game one too many times, and that's why they, you know, the Bengals beat them in the playoffs last year, and the, they can't get past the Chiefs. They haven't learned how to get over that hump, and that hump is getting into the elite circle. Are they, They're right on the edge. They're, they're like knocking on the door looking in, and they had another dominating win against a team they should dominate, the Washington Commanders, but they were methodical. They took care of business, and this is why they're ranked number five. Uh, the loss to the Jets in week one was actually a wake-up call. Had they come back and won that game, they could have maybe they, they could have maybe just played robotically as Justin Fields puts it and gone deep and had a great record. Uh but this is the type of loss they had in week one that kind of set them straight. It's like, oh wow. So they've got that monkey off their back and and I think we're gonna see a dominant team week in, week out. And I, I believe they have the ability to make the jump. The problem is the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, you know, uh Stand in their way. So uh, they've got to prove they can overcome the humps that they haven't been the last few years. But they are there, and they're still playing. Uh, they're still favorites to take their division, but the Dolphins could upend them. Uh, at number six, I had the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, uh, And for the record, the Bills were five last week, and they're five this week. But the Bengals took a big jump from number 10 last week to number six. The Bengals were o two, 2 but we knew they would eventually turn it around. They played this week against a team that is playing much better than I thought they were, and that's that's the Los Angeles Rams. But look, they had to have this win. And what I liked about this game that they showed me was they they shortened the plays, meaning that uh, uh, Joe Burrow's quarterback Joe Burroughs, was releasing the ball much quicker, much earlier. And this is actually a godsend for them. It adds another arson uh, a weapon to their arsenal the short yardage you know the quick release short yard yardage that's going to actually enhance their offensive prowess make them much harder to defend much harder for the rushers to get to them the pass rush to get to him so overall His injury actually has expanded the offense in a way they probably wouldn't have without him getting hurt. Now, Burroughs has to get to 100% for them to be a a team that vies for the Super Bowl. The problem with the Bengals is they rely too much on Burroughs. They don't have a great rushing attack. In fact, their rushing attack disappears at times. So they've got to balance that offense out uh, or it will cost them once they hit the playoffs. My next segment, better than average, but still has kinks to work out. Look, the Dallas Cowboys were ranked number four last week. They dropped to number seven. Look, I said they were playing elite football, and I was chastised. Like, no, oh, they belong in the top three, man. Did you see those first two games? This was a trap game. Elite teams don't fall for trap games. Or most of the time they don't. And maybe they'll recover. But this game is on Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott a little bit. Uh, Mostly Mike McCarthy. Look, it's a coaching staff's job and veteran leaders. That's why I say partially Dak Prescott, to make sure their teams don't look past this game. And they did. They were looking past the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals have been playing lights out for their owner. Their defense is playing outstanding ball. And look, I'm a big fan of Josh Dobbs. And I'm a big fan in the sense I love his story. You know, he's worked work from the practice squad, uh, the, the the Titans or the Browns. <laughs> I would to say the Titans put their whole season on him and trying to make the playoffs. And he wasn't ready. But yet they, they put the ball in his hands. And that experience is paying dividends now for the Arizona Cardinals. They're playing to his strengths. They're smash mouthing the football with running back Connors there. And uh, they're competitive. They're going to upset some teams this year. So, so, so this is a, uh, a segment here with the Cowboys, but I couldn't help with talking about the Cardinals there, but that's why they lost. They're playing hard for their coach. The Cardinals were, and the Cowboys looked past them. And look, cornerback Trevon Diggs is out with the ACL injury, but he's not the reason they took a beatdown. It's Mike McCarthy not getting that team prepared for a track game and Dak Prescott not getting uh, 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 the players as the backup to McCarthy in making sure they were ready for a track game. The Detroit Lions ranked number seven. They dropped in number eight. Um... And that's because the, 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 the Dolphins moved up. But look, the Detroit Lions are 2-1. and one. They took care of business. They're still learning how to win. Uh, But learning how to win is also learning how to bounce back after being upset as they were last week. And look, they have young players on both sides of the ball. But they're, that defense shows the potential to be an elite defense. They're a team to watch with quarterback Jared Goff understanding his role. He's able to make the big throws. He's able to make the short throws. He can make all the throws. But more importantly, he's becoming a leader of that team. And they're the type of team, as playoff competition gets heavy, and even in the playoffs, a team doesn't want to face them in the first or even the second round, the Eagles, Cowboys, or Niners. They'd rather face a, a team that falls in or a team they're more familiar in. This team is young. And where you're young and hungry and you get in deep, boy, you're much stronger than that veteran team. And that veteran savviness has to overcome that youth. So it will be a fun team to watch all season long and I had them ranked at number 8. That's a very high ranking for this team, so I do have high expectations. Look, I am not a fan of the Cleveland Browns. I am not a fan of Deshaun Watson, but you give this team this their due. So far this season, this defense is carrying this team. They are 2-1. and one. They came in, they put the team on their shoulders and sh- they shut down the Vaunted Titans' rushing attack. And once they shut them down, they teed off on quarterback Ryan Tannehill. This, uh, and the Browns' offense continues to improve And barring injury, this team should be competing for a playoff spot come late in the season. Look, Deshaun Watson has not been playing good football, but he finally showed improvement this game in a very, very positive way versus the team and the fans kind of making up that improvement. Yeah, he's improving. I don't see it. This week you saw it. You know, and this, despite losing Nick Chubbs, look, they're going to have a rush running back by committee going forward, and hopefully that can offset the loss of Chubbs, but that loss will factor in some games if the rushing attack by committee can't hold the line, but we'll see. But the big key, obviously, going forward is Deshaun Watson. This past week, you know, he did he did well enough. Uh, last week, they were ranked 13. I have them at number nine. The Baltimore Ravens ranked number eight last week. They dropped a couple of slots. Look, I took heat from my placement of the Ravens last week. And those critics are eating their words. Look, they have to learn a new offense. They have to get the kinks out. You know, my announcement was right on the money. I was like, look, they have to show us they can perform in this offense. And ironically, they lost against the Indianapolis Colts, a dome team, and they lost in bad weather. <laughs> they had too many unforced errors. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a stud. But something he's got to learn, hey. You're now in an offense that you just don't tuck the ball and run. You've got to go through all the reads. Uh, and once you do that, it will make you a better player because you're going to have some wide open receivers. And he's learning that. We've seen that learning process work its way through, but he's going to have hiccups. You know, Learn the offense, then use your talents to expand it with your legs and arm. In their defense, they've got a slew of injuries, but that's no excuse not to take the Colts out. It's a team. If you have Super Bowl aspirations, you need to take care of business and beat. To blame lousy communication between the return game regarding clock management at the end of the game is legitimate, but the Ravens should never have allowed the Colts to be in that game anyway. They must get healthy and and as it stands right now, they're losing the the game of attrition and the NFL is a league of attrition. The healthiest, uh, better than average teams will go deep and possibly into the Super Bowl because they're healthy versus teams with so much of their salary cap tied into one or two players that once the injuries start to accrue, you don't have the quality depth. And I think that's part of the problem with the Ravens. They may not have that quality depth when they lose their key players because of that contract, they gave Lamar Jackson. Look, this isn't a knock on Lamar Jackson. This is a knock on every team that does that. And there's a lot of teams that do that. Most teams do that because quarterbacks are generational when they're a Lamar Jackson type, you know? And that's that that's that's the segment that that's the division uh, the, the section I have better than average, but still has kinks to work out. Now, pretenders or contenders. The Seattle Seahawks, number 14 last week, number 11. Look, the Seahawks should have handled the Carolina Panthers much easier than they did. But they did show Moxie against an upstart team, and they took care of business. And their rushing attack looks potent with Kenneth Walker. But again, the Panthers are a team they should have easily taken care of if they believe they are contenders. And they're in a rough division with the Niners and the stronger-than-I-thought-looking Rams team. Pittsburgh Steelers, ranked number 15 last week, ranked number 12. Look, the thing with Mike Tomlin... His teams have a history of improving as the season improves and we're seeing that with the defense leading in that. However, the talk of the run defense taking a big step forward this week and shutting Josh Jacobs, no 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 no. That's what I would call inconclusive. They did their job in shutting down a running back rushing a, a running back who had a career season last week, Here statistically uh, only has a 35% chance of matching that those numbers this year. And the fact he held out all the training camp, they're facing an out of shape, Josh Jacobs, who has a lot of miles on him. So I don't view this as their rush defense has turned it around as much as their rush defense got lucky facing a guy who was not on his A game. But their offense played well enough uh, uh, and did sputter at times. But that's what you expect with a second-year quarterback. And to be honest, that's what you expect in the NFL, just with the parity we have. But the Steelers are showing much better play than they have from earlier in the season. Are they a pretender or contender? I don't know. Same thing with the Seahawks. I don't know. I would say they're contenders for a playoff spot. There's no doubt. But I don't know how good they are to go deep in the playoffs. The Jacksonville Jaguars were ranked number 11 last week. They dropped to 13, and theoretically, they could be free-falling. They're just, uh, you, you, if you think you're ready to be a contender, you've got to take care of a team like the Houston Texans. This was their trap game, and they fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And again, you blame the coaching staff, but look, uh, Doug Peterson. But look, I also blame Trevor Lawrence. Look, it's time for that young man to step up and become a leader you know if he can't be a leader then he's going to be what I term a bus uh to be an elite player you got to be a leader look some leaders lead by example some leaders are vocal tom brady led more by example probably a quiet leader in the locker room uh but when you have as many rings you do what he says you know so so they're see and that's what hurts players like dak prescott lamar jackson they don't have the rings yet you know so they've got to lead through wins or through the natural leadership skills and i haven't seen that from trevor lawrence he's still still seems like a kid who's learning the nuances of the NFL, and I get that, but he's going to have to step up his leadership, but you've got to be able to put your play on the field first before your men will follow you, Uh, but at the end of the game, track game, track game. And what makes it worse, the Texans were out most of their offensive line with the rookie quarterback sacked 11 times already, (laughs) and the Jaguars could not get to him. What's that say about their their defense? And that's on the front office. The front office knew they have – their weakness was pass rush, and they did nothing to upgrade it. They stuck with the guys they had. So that's on the front office. This team may not be as good as we think. They may need another year before they 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 showcase themselves from average to a playoff contender. So right now, I'd have to say the Seahawks and Steelers are contenders for a playoff spot. The pretender are the Jaguars. The rest of the best are pretenders who are winning. Look, the, the Los Angeles Rams. They were ranked number 23. Even though they lost, I moved them up to 14. Look, they were facing an outstanding 0-2 team who were playing for their playoff lives because statistically, I want to say six teams like in the past 20 years have gone from 0-3 to make it to the playoffs. Joe Burrows was hurt, but they threw him out there. They had to have this game. They completely changed up their play calling to showcase a quicker release for Burrows. They had, they were playing as if their lives depended on it, and they came away with the win as expected. But the Rams hung tough with them most of the game. They showed a lot of moxie. So I think barring injuries, the Rams are that team you don't want to play regardless of record. Matthew Stafford can still sling it uh, 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 when they get Cooper Cup, <laughs> pair him with, with, with Nuka. And that that's a devastating potential combo. So I think the Rams are for real in at least being able to win uh, against average teams and playing the contenders extremely tough and they're going to post some upsets this year but i don't expect them to vie for a super bowl but they are worthy of their 14th ranking the new orleans saints dropped from number nine to number 15 look at the end of the day, their defense is elite but their defense failed them. the defense had to step up look they had the second half they had a 17-0 lead and and they lost it granted the offense went three out, three downs and outs, three times before getting it together and putting a rookie place kicker uh, who missed it was 46 or 47 yarder. But look, when David Carr went down, Jameis Whiston is a veteran who should have come in and stepped right in. Instead, he collapsed uh, for the first three drives and got it together for the final drives. Your veteran backup cannot do that. And when I say that, we're talking a former first round pick. A guy who can sling it with the best. His problem is he's streaky. And maybe part of that is play calling. The team should have maybe run some plays that were more suited to his strengths if they did or didn't. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I did not watch that game in its entirety. But look, it's going to be very surprising, as I said earlier in the podcast, if David Carr returns. Jameis Winston is getting the perfect game to come back and fill in against the Tampa Bay Bucks the Saints defense is elite, but I expected that eliteness to show through. Maybe this will be a wake-up call to that defense to play much better. They also get Alvin Kamara back, which is the one reason they did that they're still at 15. But this offense is a lot to show. They weren't showing a lot, but they were showing that they were building that chemistry. They were showing that as the season went long with Carr and that receiving core, that it was getting into sync. So there are high hopes there. But with Carr out, that kind of puts a stop to that temporarily, so we don't know if they're pretenders. We have to wait and see. The Green Bay Packers ranked number 20 last week; they're number 16. Two and one. Look, a win is a win, but this win came because of a car going down and their offense doing nothing. But let's give some credit here: give credit to the perseverance of the pack and quarterback Jordan Love, who never quit. He would have lost their their home opener. I can't remember when the last time that happened. So he saved himself a lot of angst by coming back and winning and added to the lore of what is a possible third straight QB to showcase the position with Rodgers before him and far before Rodgers. So, look. Defense held, and they even came up with the turnovers to keep them in it, which helped in the comeback. They were overwhelmed and dominated in the trenches this week. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Here I am looking at my notes. Uh, 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 You give credit to the perseverance of Jordan Love. You give credit to the perseverance of that defense for never quitting and playing tough. This win is more on the lack of play for Winston, but again, a win's a win, you take it, and the Packers, I believe, will contend for a playoff spot moving down. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked 17th last week. They kind of stayed at 17 this week, not because they did anything as much as other teams dropped below them. Look, they held their own against the Eagles. They were never in it, but they saved face by hanging tough. This was a building block for them because Baker Mayfield, new running, new quarterback, they still don't have a rushing attack Uh, So they've got a lot to improve on. They were overwhelmed, and this is why I was reading my notes here. They were overwhelmed, and they were dominated in the trenches. Uh, So they have a lot of work to do, but this team right now is unpredictable. We don't know what team will show up each week when it comes to mid league teams or teams along their talent level, but they're for real. They just aren't good enough yet for the elite teams. So we're going to have to wait and see. Middling is where your expectations should be without a rushing to attack. But never say never. <laughs> Moving on, the Tennessee Titans are 1-2. and two. Number 16 last week, number 18 this week. Talk about a slap in the face. Now, this is one I was hyping up Mike Vrabel. This team takes on his personality. A tough coach perseverance. They never quit. And what happened this week, they were smashed in the mouth by the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know if they really quit, but they were dominated. Uh, Look, and if you take out Derrick Henry, you've kind of taken out two-thirds of that offense. Look, Ryan Tannehill simply is just not a good enough quarterback to put this team on their shoulder. He has a talent. But it it never came through at the NFL level. So maybe I'm overrating his talent. But at the end of the day, I don't believe Ryan Tannehill can take this team to the promised land. Heck, I'm not sure he can take him deep into the playoffs anymore, despite their showing a couple years ago. I think this is a team that has been on a downward trend starting last year. And I'm not sure that's going to stop, no matter how tough their head coaches, and no matter how much their team plays like it, look, you're at a deficit with Ryan Tannehill. And the other question that has to be asked and has to be analyzed, it's easy to say, oh, Derrick Henry's a stud. Sure, it's easy to be a stud against the the average teams, but if he can be shut down by elite defenses, then this team is done. They may not even make it to the playoffs. You know, because that means the onus is going to put on the quarterback position to make plays, open it up for Derrick Henry, and Tannehill can't. And it also begs the question is if Derrick Henry is done in terms of the cowbell that can take his team deep into the playoffs. I'm not saying he's a bad back. I'm not saying he's not elite or close to elite. I'm saying if he can't bring in the 100-yard games against the elite defenses, they have no hope once a playoff start. And it also shows that maybe Father Time is catching up to Derrick Henry, who has really kept that door shut on Father Time there. But maybe Father Time is finally coming through because you've got to be able to have those 100-yard rushing games against elite defenses when you have a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill or you're just not going to go deep. But regardless, they fall to the rank of 18. They're one and 2 and I think they just may not be good enough. Los Angeles Chargers, number 24 last week, number 19. Look, that team is all pro on paper. They just got a horrific head coach. The problem with that team is head coach. You know, had they lost that game, I believe Brandon Staley may not have been on that plane ride back. That's how quick he would have been fired. Uh, they have inept coaching despite talent on both sides of the uh, of the ball. Justin Herbert is a stud in the making. His ability to throw the quick release again, and, and having learned from Brian Flores when he blitzed him when he was with the Dolphins as their head coach and he's a defensive coordinator for the Vikings who they beat this week uh, speaks a lot about uh, Herbert's maturity, his ability to win the game for his team. And despite this must-win, it was also a devastating loss. Look, they lost to wide receiver Mike Williams with an ACL tear and he's gone for the rest of the season. Tidbit for fantasy players. Or fantasy owners look for Quentin Johnson to see the reps now on game day. This win, as I said, saved Staley's job, but it's only a matter of time before they go through this process again. It's who the Chargers are. It's in their DNA, and I don't think he's going to last the season. Or if he does last the season, I expect him to be fired after uh, uh, not making the playoffs or going through a a, a quick playoff run in one and out. That's how little faith I have, and I've watched the Chargers play for over 20 years. I know what I'm talking about with that team. They just have a tradition of not getting together and losing close games. Regardless, they have a quality offense. And, and heck, maybe if they get rid of their coach now, get somebody in, they can salvage the season. <laughs> so that segment there is the rest of the best are pretenders who are winning. The Rams, the Saints, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Titans, and the Chargers. And that ranking was 14 through 19. Get it together or else, and overachievers in my next segment. The New York Jets, record 1-2, get it together. As Big John was saying, Nathaniel Hackett may be the problem here. Aaron Rodgers may have made Nathaniel Hackett look better than what he really is. He may have been riding the coattails of Aaron Rodgers in his great play. He was a horrible coach for the Denver Broncos. He left that team a mess, and he's not playing to the team's strength with Rodgers out, and that's a rushing attack. Look, they've got two outstanding running backs. They've got an outstanding receiver. They've got to have the rushing attack open up the passing attack and start playing to Zach Wilson's strength. And Zach Wilson has a hell of an arm. He's got a big gun. You know, you use that rushing attack to open up the deep ball. And, and I'm starting to think that I'm not defending Zach Wilson. And the onus is being put completely on Zach Wilson. But Nathaniel Hackett's a bum. Look, he was a bum as a head coach. He's a bum that's been on nothing but Aaron Rodgers' jock. Aaron Rodgers, you know, loves Nathaniel Hackett on his jock. He defends the guy. Uh, but the guy is showing me to be a subpar offensive coordinator who whose resume has been built by Aaron Rodgers and nobody else. We saw that in Denver again. I'm repeating myself. And we're seeing that right now with this past game and the play calling. It was horrific. Their only hope this season is for Wilson and Rogers to come together. Now, come to Jesus' moment, and Roger becomes his mentor he's never been known to be, to be quite honest. And Roger uses his stature, his resume, to get that team behind him and to support him. But that said, according to Big John, my partner, it looks like Zach Wilson may have checked out. But to me, Zach Wilson has been mentally destroyed by that medium, by that fan base, to the point he doesn't care. Who knows? But that team is in a free fall, and I don't see them improving until that offense gets in sync some more. There's a, It's just a horrific mess, but I don't think Zach Wilson is a full problem there. I do think it's Robert Saleh and Nathaniel Hackett as well. I would not be shocked if Trevor Simeon gets promoted to the active roster sooner than later. And we see him being we see him giving a shot. And he's a cool uh, quarterback. He just doesn't have the talent level as the others, but... He's somebody who can read the field, make the throws, and play within himself. And if he comes in and does that with that defense, we can see a resurgence of Trevor Simeon. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? So they are ranked number 12 last week. They dropped the number 20. That's a big, massive drop, a slot, and I think they may continue to drop. 21, Indianapolis, who were ranked 28. They are 2-1, and, and what a victory. Playing with the second-string quarterback, who reminds me of a 1970s porn retro look, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. This team came out and smashed the Baltimore Ravens in the mouth and upset them. This win is a product of great coaching by head coach Shane Steichen, or Steichen who has his team playing light out as well as intelligent play at the quarterback position and before the tribalistic morons jump ah because he's a white quarterback no anthony richardson was playing smart football as well you know uh he just uses his legs more than Minshew, and, and he's gotten hurt you know uh and teed off on him you know he's a big kid he can take the hit but i think Minshew plays more to the pocket Set and will avoid those sacks or those hits when you're rushing the ball. But at the end of the day, you got to get Richardson back in there. Look, this team is playing lights out for its for for its uh, head coach. This is the type of team you want your rookie in there, whether he takes his lumps or not, to learn the game, the nuances of the game. And he's so raw, he needs to get in there. So as good as Minshew played, this team is not going anywhere this year. So you want to get Richardson back in there, as it is a rebuilding year. Whether the fans or the drunk, that, that that's an extra Excuse of an owner, think otherwise. It's not. They're going nowhere. But it's an immense building block this win. Taking out a team in the Ravens that many believe can buy for a Super Bowl. The play calling was not perfect. <laughs> you know, they had its share, especially in overtime in the shotgun position, doing a handoff. Look, nobody respects uh uh, uh that backfield. So they were That play was not going to go anywhere, as we saw. But, you know, their play seeker, Matt Gay, came up clutch, going 5-for-5, including four of them for over 50 yards. The Colts take what the opponents give them, and they hang around, and then they try to pull off the upset. Ergo, that's what happened this week, and that's what they accomplished. Kudos to the Colts. Kudos to the play of Anthony Richardson's the first two weeks and Gardner Minshew, understanding his role, understanding how to play and not lose the game. As soon as Richardson is healthy, he needs to get back in there, but that team is not going to miss a beat with Minshew. They are in a good position. 22, the New England Patriots are 25. They are 1-2. This isn't. This team isn't as far off as most think. There's a lot of hatred for by the mainstream media toward the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady's gone, the hate's still there. Thus, you're going to get slanted articles from too many people. Even the analysts who have been around for decades and know what they're spewing is garbage, but they hate him so much they spew it anyway. The offense does move the ball up and down the field, but their red zone is so inefficient, they really need to work on that. But Bill O'Brien, is his first year back with the Patriots and with Matt Jones, that will improve. They're going to be a tough battle for any opponent as the season progresses, especially in Foxborough as the weather worsens and winter sets in. And that gives the Patriots offense a significant edge practicing and playing in that weather. They need to let the rushing attack be the focal point of this team until Mac Jones gets that Bill O'Brien offense down and gets into more chemistry with his receivers. But I like what I'm seeing so far. Defensively, they're a much better unit, and that'll keep them in games this year. They're at 22 from ranking of 25 of last week. Look, the Atlanta Falcons were ranked 19 at 23. Again, last week, the Grumblings media staff, my own staff, can you can you imagine that? My own staff questioning my wisdom, the wisdom of an elite fantasy player and an elite, elite NFL analyst. <laughs> The gall of them. <laughs> but again, to remind you, they criticized me for having some 2-0 teams ranked behind some 1-1 teams. Context is everything. The Washington Commanders were a soft 2-0 team, and now they're 2-1 because the Bills showed who they really are with a beatdown. The Falcons are no different. They've been playing above their weight class the past two weeks, and now they face a Lions team that was had to bounce back from a loss against the Seattle Seahawks. In fact, it was an upset loss. Uh, So they came in to to show who they were, and their talent was just that much better. Look, once they shut down that phenomenal rookie running back, and I always forget how to pronounce his name, Bijan Robinson. Once he was shut down, 10 rushing for 33 yards, Desmond Ritter was just not good enough at this point in time to put that team on his back and to carry them, especially with a, a team that has so much raw talent as, as, as the Lions do. So this loss is a building block because they never quit. They, they kept they kept at it. They kept working it. So look at it as a building block, but they're not going to compete for anything. That's their 23 ranking this week, and they're high of 19. Will they win some games? Yeah, they're going to win some more games as the season progresses. But it's gonna be a long season for them. The Washington Commanders come in at number 24 with a record of two and one. Look, again, they were part of, them and the Falcons and maybe a couple of others. I was questioned on why do I, I don't why don't I have them higher? This beat down by the Bills is why I didn't have them higher. I knew who they were. <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, I in fact the Commanders were two and zero oh against teams that were zero oh and four. <laughs> you know, prior to this week. So, you got to take that into account. Look, they can regroup, and look, this is a game Sam Howell is going to want to forget. Arguably, his worst day as a pro with four interceptions, and the offensive line did not help as he ran for his life. This game is growing experience for the Commanders. That's how you have to look at it. It could become a positive positive experience, but let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Look, the Commanders believe they can compete for a playoff spot. And look, Ron Rivera really needs it to keep his job. So that's how they're viewing the season. I see this season as a rebuilding season with Sam Howell and a new offense and Eric Bieniemy, but maybe ownership sees it as, hey, Rivera's just holding that seat warm for the enemy uh, come season's end if they don't make the playoffs. Who knows? But I think they are pretenders who are going to lose a lot more games. I just don't think they have it in them yet this year because they're still learning an uh, uh, offense uh, that, takes a, that, that, that has a heavy playbook and is very disciplined and is based off timing. So it, it could be a long season for them. My final segment. Oh, anyway, so that segment before we let it go was called the get-it-together-or-else and overachievers, the New York Jets at number 20, the Colts 21, Patriots 22, Falcons 23, Commanders at 23. (sighs) To the final segment, my friends, what the hell? We have no clue or playing for draft positions. And that seriously is what this segment is, is what the hell do we have with this team? We don't know. Or there's just a team playing for draft positions. The Vikings, record 0-3. Look, on offense, is the same high power team from last season. And it shows. They can score. But do you know what else shows? Poor pass protection. As good as Kirk Cousins is, some of these costly interceptions, some of these turnovers, some of these fail first downs. Look, it's not his fault if you can't protect the quarterback if he's running for his life, if he's having to rush the throws. And that's what we've seen with Kirk Cousins the last two seasons. Uh, uh, Hank, the last three seasons, uh, I mean, this forces bad throws, tip-boss, fumbles, and fail first downs when you can't protect it, uh, especially when you're a high-powered offense. who and This, in turn, means you're going to lose against average teams. This is going to be a death knell for the Vikings this season, and especially against elite teams. They're just going to lose every time. Look, the Giants beat them last year, and then the Giants got shellacked by the Eagles the following week in the postseason. The the offense didn't lose this game. The pass protection was a big reason Cousins was running for his life. And the red zone offense is is struggling. And you see the lack of discipline with this team. That's on the head coach, the coaching staff, and on Cousins, partly with veteran leadership. Look, he's a very nice guy, but he's got to get down and dirty and get that team up and ready. To me, this coaching staff looks like it doesn't care about discipline. They remind me of a coaching staff that will tell you, these are grown men. They understand what discipline is. They understand what winning is all about, but they don't. They're young men. They haven't learned how to win. The coaching staff has to come in there and begin that process, and I'm not seeing that. They have no rushing attack. They got Cam Akers back, you know, and they realize they've got to make that part of their game plan or they wouldn't have traded for acres so if you're in a a fantasy league look a fantasy tidbit here for owners grab acres if he's still out there or alexander madison and see how it pans out look running backs get hurt so it's a matter of attrition here so i would grab them and and stash them you know uh, this week o'connell and the rest of the team realized they have to have a rushing tag to help keep cousins upright you know why they gave up on their last running back is beyond me. I it just I mean, look that rush that running back position is being undersold in terms of them being too cheap. And as we're seeing, being too cheap is one reason why the Vikings are 0 and 3. Not to mention their their defense that I talked about earlier. Look, it's a Brian Flores led defense, and they believe in rushing, 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 blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. But if It's not working or you don't have the players. You've got to adjust. And Flores is not adjusting. And they were hailing him as his great hire. And I was like, really? I've seen Flores. I see what he brings to the table. And y'all are applauding this guy. He's a solid defensive coordinator. But I didn't see the specialness that, well, maybe special ed. But that's about it. But this game was a classic how old do i put this it's, i put this a lot on the coaching staff not making the adjustments uh uh especially Flores on defense you're playing an elite player in, in in Herbert and 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 you let him beat you uh uh, uh when you know you're rushes and getting him your blitzes aren't getting him and you don't make adjustments so a lot of it's on him but a lot of it's on that coaching staff with the lack of discipline and i've taken a lot of time talk about the vikings because they should be much better their 0-3 record shows bad offseason uh, uh in terms of some of their their pickups uh, uh or lack of pickups and who they let go all right, number twenty-six, the Las Vegas Raiders. They were ranked twenty-seven last week. They didn't move up because they're great. It's just more players, more teams drop. Look, they're one and two. The Raiders were competitive, but the play calling must improve as much the rushing as must the rushing attack. I expect Josh Jacobs to get into some game shape, but I don't expect him to have the season he had last year. Uh he's got a lot of miles on him, missed training camp, and we're seeing that entering the season. So I think they've got to get somebody to help him out. And once he gets in the game shape, I think this team will improve. However, the coaching quality and play calling of Josh McDaniels has come under question as a head coach in the past. And in this case, this week it's justified. He should have gone for it. Uh, Once he took the penalty, he was committed to going for the touchdown because by taking the penalty, he's like, we got to score a touchdown. We're going to score a touchdown because all they did was eat up the clock. If you're going to go for the field goal, then just take the field goal right into there and then try to stop the go for the touchdown. So it's just inept uh, play calling and, and coach's decision there. And that's why they lost and that's why they're one and two. Is their season gone? No, no. They have, a, they have a team that has more talent than them with the San Diego Chargers, but inept coaching and the Broncos aren't going anywhere. So they have a shot. But. They're going to be one of the teams vying for that last wild card spot, you know, if they even make it that far. At number 27, who was number 22, and they're in the free fall are the New York Giants. Look, the Giants are 1-2, and, and they could legitimately be 0-3. They're floundering. Another to beat down this time by the top-tier Niners team, 30-10. to 10. Remember, Dallas beat them 40 to nothing in week one, and they almost lost a team without a quarterback in the Arizona Cardinals. The current consensus is the Giants are a bottom-tier team. Look, they could only garner 150 total offensive yards and only 29 rushing yards without ba- Saquon in there, Saquon Barkley. It's apparent they miss him, and there's no guarantee he's going to come back in time in week four. And where's this defense? They've given up 40 and 28 points to a Arizona Cardinals subpar offense and 30 points to a Niners team that was not in sync in the red zone. No, let's give them a little bit of due. Maybe it was their play on defense in the red zone that held the Niners at 30 and the Cardinals at 28. But 40 points against the Cowboys, you put that all in context, it's a terrible and unacceptable defense. The Niners' loss is nothing to have shame over, but you have to be competitive and take out teams like the Arizona Cardinals if you believe you're one step or able to compete for a Super Bowl. And that's all we've heard from Giant fans. And the team itself. Man. Arizona Cardinals ranked 32 last week. They are 1-2. Last week they collapsed against the Giants. This week they came with their A game and upset a top tier uh, team in, 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 in the Dallas Cowboys. Look, this was a trap game for the Cowboys. And the Cardinals had to use some trickery. And it worked. They scored off the trickery uh, and they, they won a solid game after squandering two leads in the season's first two games. Look, this is a team that looks like it's being built to upset a few more teams along the way. And God bless Josh Dobbs. I'm a massive fan of him. I root for him every week. I want the Cardinals to win every week with Josh da- Dobbs being a key part of that. That's so how much I love this kid. Look, they're playing lights out for Jonathan Gannon and Jonathan Gannon had a relentless defense in the Eagles when he was there as a coordinator. He's bringing that to the Cardinals, and he's also bringing a moxie, a toughness to that team. And I love what I'm seeing. I love what I'm seeing. And granted, they went from 32 to 28, and maybe they move up a little bit, but we're going to see how they play. We don't know what we have in them because that offense is improving. The offensive coordinator knows what he's got and how to play to the team's strengths. So I this is going to be a fun team to watch week in, week out. And if you're a Cardinals fan, you're going to sit there and curse and scream at the TV, but look, they're a fun team to watch play and I think, you know, uh, uh, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan, but maybe this head coach can get his act and get his head on straight because that last uh, coaching staff did what Murray wanted and Murray is a lazy player. He doesn't want to study. He thinks his talent can get it done and he's a smurf in a man's league and he's got to become a study a, a, a kid who wants to study, study, study. And until that happens, he's going to underperform. I mean, he could take some notes from CJ Stroud. Look, moving on from the Cardinals who were ranked 28 last this week and 32 last week, moving on to the Texans ranked 29th, ranked 31 last week. Look, this is a huge victory. Over a Jaguars team that most, including myself, believed was possibly on the verge, they're showing me they're not yet. Look, C.J. Stroud. I stated last week this kid has yet to throw an interception. He's going to see enough reps this season to really uh, enhance his growth. And look, he will bring the Texans to prominence. I love Demarco, Demarco Ryan's what he's doing with that team, uh, Demarco Ryan's and his handling to the position and the player. But it doesn't hurt that the kid studies. According to D'Amico Ryans, he's a study hound. He studies, studies, and studies some more. And that's likely a big reason for the upset against the Jaguars. You know? Here's what I wrote. Arizona Cardinals quarterback little man Kyler Murray could learn a thing or three from Stroud's discipline. And that's what Stroud is showing, some great discipline. This team's going to lose a lot, but if his development continues, no one will care about this year's losses because we could have a great win in the making. It's too early to tell, but look, I love quarterbacks who study the game. Look, I never thought Peyton Manning was an elite quarterback, and I still don't. But I believe the work he put with that playbook, the reps he would take over and over, his willingness to work with his players one-on-one, he turned himself into a great quarterback. Uh, I, what I'm saying is I don't think he really had the talent of a great quarterback, but he made himself a great quarterback because of his study habits, because of his discipline. And if C.J. Stroud has that, hey, maybe he's the next <laughs> Peyton Manning, but he also has the talent. So he could surpass that. And I know a lot of fanboys and a lot of analysts will disagree with me but hey, I just point back to the Seattle Seahawks uh, beatdown of the Broncos in the Super Bowl and the Broncos last Super Bowl. That was the defense gave them that Super Bowl. They were Manning, all they wanted out of him was to be a game manager. Let's not forget Manning was not the consensus starter. They gave him the starting job heading into the playoffs. You know, I can't remember the backup's name but That's how bad man he was playing at the time, you know, so that's why I'll stick to my guns and I have the data to back that up, you know, but I'm not taking anything away from his two Super Bowls and the numbers he put up because he built himself into that player and God bless him for that, but that's what studying work ethic and a strong discipline and will to win can and will do. So the Houston Texans, uh, a team to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, and as far uh, as the Jaguars, look, I, I think the kid had been sacked like 11 times prior to that, and they couldn't get to him. Uh, God bless C.J. Shroud and what he's doing down there in Texas. All right, number 30, the Carolina Panthers. Look, Andy Dalton should be this team starter with a stat line of 34, 58 for 361 yards and three touchdowns. But since they're not competing for a Super Bowl, you got to put starting rookie Bryce Young back in there when he's healthy. We're not sure where he's going to be with week four. But the development of this player uh, 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 is something that must be done. Sometimes it's better to have that player sit, but in today's uh, NFL, where creating a foundation uh, for a player is non-existent, and you throw him to the wolves, you got to put Bryce Young back in there to get him to improve. And uh, hey, and where's the greatness and grandeur of head coach Frank Wright that we heard all about? You know, first they don't appear to have a rushing attack. Two, it's going to take time to rebuild a team that's been mismanaged for years with an app front office and a coaching staff that didn't know how to handle NFL players. But Frank Reich is not showing me much. I expected more from this team the first three weeks into the season, and we're not seeing it. I believe the Panthers are going to be in the bottom tier for the whole season with few wins. Andy Dalton could start next week, but when Bryce Young is healthy, get him back in the lineup, use this year to rebuild, and go from there. All right, rank 31, the Denver Broncos, 0-3. Look, we have to give Sean Payton time. Look, this team is just so out of place with its players, players quitting. They've got a clean house this year. They've got to get rid of some t- players this week. They've got to make a statement because that team quit on them. And in this modern NFL Offenses are built to score 70 points, but that should not happen in today's NFL. Uh, uh, That's a disgrace. And look, they let the commanders come back from 18 down last week, and I thought it was a fluke. This isn't a fluke. This team is bad. It's terrible. It was horrific last year, beyond horrific, but they never lost this badly. They have got the clean house, as I just said a few seconds ago, reset this team and rebuild its foundation. Their defense has some solid names, but look. Sertain and Patrick Sertain quit on this team that was obvious and defensive coordinator Vash Joseph may not be the get in your face uh coordinator they need to turn this around and uh, uh I'm not sure he was the best hire but he knows his he knows his X's and O's so let's give him a chance again uh they shouldn't be allowing 70 points, and, and I don't know what else to say. It, it, this was a disgraceful performance by the Denver Broncos. If I'm the owner, that door would have been shut, and I would have had a defensive, offensive head coach and Sertain and Russell Wilson in there and, give, and berated them and given them the beat down their parents never did because you just do not allow an opposing team to score 70 points like they did. All right. After that beatdown of the Broncos I just gave, how can they be 31 and not 32? Enter the Chicago Bears 0-3. Look, between the off-the-field issues with their now former defensive coordinator, Allen Williams, and quarterback Justin Fields kind of wanting to blame the coaching staff for the team and his poor play, it was a horrific week. Regardless, the Bears are genuinely one of the worst teams in the league. Last week, I stated the patients well, were thin with the fans and front office, but let me add that the front office is likely on the hot seat as well. This team looks like it has no identity. But I have to say something here. And in researching this, I came across a Deadspin article by a bigot and race baiter named DJ Dunson of Deadspin, who's putting all the criticism of Justin Fields based on him being black. No. Justin Fields has had three years. And any Super Bowl winning quarterback, any quarterback who makes it deep in the playoffs, they'll tell you, especially a Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. hey, eventually you've got to stand strong and make that throw. A quarterback eventually has to be a quarterback and make quarterback plays. And that means standing strong in the pocket and making that deep throw, that short throw, that intermediate throw, making that hot read, and being a quarterback. You're other talents, specifically your legs, that enhances your ability as quarterback. But I can't remember if ever there's been a quarterback who's been a subpar passer, but he's taken the world by storm with his legs, ever winning the Super Bowl. Just hasn't been the case. And Justin Fields, his criticism isn't because he's black. It's because he's regressed. Now, that said, a lot of that is on the front office. But the knock-on fields was his lack of being a team leader coming out of college. And I can't remember what team passed on him, but there was a team. Maybe it was the Niners, but I can't remember that pass on him specifically because of that knock on him. And we're seeing that. We're seeing no leadership ability in him. In fact, we're seeing him treated as a child. He's three years into the league. The quarterback position is a quarterback of leadership. It starts. And can end with a quarterback if there's no leadership. Look at the Jets. Look at the Broncos. The the knock, even though Russell Wilson was a Super Bowl winning quarterback, the knock on him is he'd become a prima donna and thought more of himself than anybody else. You know, that's just how it goes in the NFL. And it's tried and true. The great quarterbacks know how to be quarterbacks. (laughs) <laughs> it's that simple. You know what can I say? I mean, look at the Colts. They are they are playing phenomenal football when they should be losing because they've got an outstanding quarterback play that have played within themselves. They understand their role. They understand what they're supposed to do. Look at the Jaguars. They can't get over the hump, even though they were expected last year and this year to be getting over that hump. I put a lot of that on Trevor Lawrence. But to say that Justin Fields' issues are because people are picking on him because he's black, no. Then again, race-baiters like D.J. Dunson, they're the norm because it's easier to play that game in today's tribal political world that has seeped into sports, especially the NFL with Colin Kaepernick uh, starting at. It. But it's not the case this round. And look, one of my favorite players is Joshua Dobbs, out of the Arizona Cardinals, because he gives it his all. It's Anthony Richardson, because he's proving his naysayers wrong in his early season play. And on the flip side, look, I haven't seen anything from Bryce Young. And C.J. Shroud's wowing me. Fields, he's right now turning into a colossal bust, and it's because of the front office, the coaching staff, and Justin Fields himself—a combination of all three. Look, they—they they, they had it on Twitter last week or X uh, on social media. Had a great play where he just completely missed a wide open receiver right in front of him. You gotta learn. Had to make the plays. Look, his play and decision-making have been atrocious. He's not going through his reads. He's completely missing open players, and he wants to run. He wants to tuck the ball and run because he knows that works for him. But that's not going to win a lot of games for you if you can't make that throw. The team appears to lack leadership from the coaching staff and players, including Fields. And that's a knock on him coming out of college. Look for fans on... Look for fans to turn on the coaching staff and the front office before they turn on fields. But if you got a quarterback in three years and he's, he hasn't turned the corner, I'm not sure he's a quarterback for you. And he may just need a fresh start somewhere. He may be able to showcase his talent become an elite quarterback on a different team. But it's not going to happen in Chicago. And I expect the Bears to continue losing. They're just a bad team on every level. Front office coaching and players. And there you have it. There you have it, my friends. That is Del Pilar's diatribe and my NFL Power Rankings. This is Points on the Board, and you can find this podcast and others like it at sportsgrumblings.com, on YouTube, on Rumble, on YouTube and Rumble. Look up Grumblings Media, and you will find us along with Fired Up, our conservative talk, Free For All, our libertarian talk. The Big Questions with Big John, our interview series. And we've got more podcasts coming, my friends. A lot more podcasts coming. We are growing. And we love it and we love your support. Do not forget to follow us on YouTube. Do not forget to follow us on Rumble. And check out our site and all our other content on sportsgrumblings.com. I hope you would enjoy this podcast. I hope you share it with your friends. And I hope you come back and listen. And don't be afraid to tell me what I got wrong and what your thoughts are. Because if it's a good enough comment, disagree or agrees with me, we'll talk about it next week. So there you have it, my friends. This is William Del Pilar, and I am out.